a blockade runner, was a fast, lightly armed merchant ship that used speed and stealth rather than strength and armaments to evade blockading warships and get food and supplies to a city or town that was under siege. There is a misconception in history, however, concerning these ships. Contrary to popular opinion, a blockade runner did not smash through the blockade. That would have been suicide. Instead, the successful blockade runner slipped through the blockade or sailed around it unnoticed. Jerry Quinn was, by some accounts, a genius of an artist, and by other accounts, a washed-up, drunken, perverted, fired art teacher. Jerry Quinn was also dead. Murdered. Decapitated, to be exact. His head removed from his body with a fireman's axe, either before or, God forbid, after his eyes were plucked out. And Quinn's murder, decapitation, disappearance, dismemberment, head removed from body, experience, whatever you want to call it, coincided with the famous Cape June Paint at Seas Art Festival, a festival that Quinn may have single-handedly saved by bringing a handful of the world's most unusual artists to town. But a festival that some in town may not have been all that keen in saving in the first place. It is more than two months after Quinn's murder, or at least since his head was discovered on a jetty and other body parts not belonging to Mr. Quinn turned up on the beach of the quaint historic seaside resort of Cape June. And to my surprise, unless I am going batshit crazy, no one in Cape June, well, at least not the police, seem all that concerned about it. So maybe, just maybe I'm not crazy after all. Maybe there is some relation to the art festival and Quinn's death. Maybe the art festival was not supposed to happen. Maybe the Cape June police know more than they are saying. Maybe there is a blockade we can't even see. And maybe, maybe I've been trying to run it the wrong way. For Midlantic Broadcasting, I'm Connor Avery Tuxton. And this is Painted Seas, the murder of Jerry Quinn. This is probably not the way to run a blockade. Hello, Cape June Police Department. Annie speaking. Hello, Annie. This is Connor Avery Tuxton. Connor, where have you been? I haven't talked to you in a while. Well, I've been busy trying to get some information regarding this case. So I hear. I hear you were burning the midnight oil last night. Huh? What do you Late mean? night visits to the library here. Boy, oh boy, you reporters must not get much sleep. Wait, how the hell did she know I was at the library? Well, um, I had a couple of things I needed to research. Froelich. What was that? Nothing. Well, what can I do you for, Connor? We're kind of busy around here today. Blockade in sight. Well, Annie, 
I was really hoping to talk to the chief. I've been trying to get a hold of him for the longest. Oh, Potter. Sorry. You just missed him. He had to run out. In fact, the whole department had to run. Big fire over at the yacht club this afternoon. I'm the only one here. Can I help you with anything? Blockade successful again. Connor? No, thanks. Um, can you please just let the chief know that I called again? Sure thing, Connor. Don't be a stranger. Wait, did, did she say fire at the yacht club? Holy shit, I've got to get to Cape June. I'm in my car now, hauling ass down 55 South, trying not to get a ticket on my way to Cape June, and I'm going to dial up Captain Pethybridge. Siri, call Theodore Pethybridge. Calling Theodore Pethybridge. Home. Good day. This is Captain Theodore Pethybridge. I'm not available at the moment. Hopefully I am sailing the seven seas. However, if you would leave me a message with the time and date of your call, I will try to ring you back. Good day and fair sailing. So I'm cruising here and I'm looking at my hand. Well, uh, to, to be clear, I'm looking at the road first. But I'm also looking at my hand on the wheel, and um, I'm visibly shaking. It's just because growing up in this area, growing up um, in the Delco area, Del Delaware County, we used to vacation at the beach every summer. And Cape June is that idyllic, uh, that model town that families go to. It's It's a frickin' Norman Rockwell painting. It is not beheadings and eyes being gouged out and body parts washing up on the shore like chum. It's not someone setting a ship on fire. If that's, if it is indeed arson. Hello, this is Connor Avery Tuxton with Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. Mr. Tuxton, this is Stephanie from the Cape June Clerk's Office. I'm calling about that Oprah request you made last week. Yes. Is it available yet? Well, yes and no. Okay. Um, I'm not following. Well, usually we tape the entire meeting start to finish. You know, in case someone needs a transcript or reporter calls. Right. And so do you, do you have it? I'm still not following, Stephanie. Well, in listening to the tape to prepare the copy for you, it seems like most of the meeting has been erased. <laughs> okay. Erased, you say? Um, erased, deleted. It's just not there. I mean, some of it's there, but a large part of it isn't. Oh, believe me, it, this seems to be pretty par for the course lately. Um, let me ask you, is there anything on the tape that deals with the Cape June Art Festival, would you know? Um, I think so. There are a couple of people, uh, members of the public, speaking about that. Okay, listen, I'll tell you what. I'm headed down to Cape June right now. Um, I, I, wa I wanted to see what happened at the marina. Oh, yes. I just heard about it. I'm glad it was only one boat. Stephanie, would you happen to know which boat was involved? No, sir. Just that it was a big one. Yeah. Okay, listen, um, is it okay if I stop by this afternoon for the tape? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
I thought that the tape of the council meeting might provide an opening in the blockade. Looks like I may have been being a little too confident. I'm not bragging, but I think I must have made it to Cape June in record time today. And as I approached the Harbor Bridge into Cape June from several miles away, I could still see the remnants of a plume of black oily smoke dissipating but still hovering over the cobalt blue October sky. It was not hard to find the location of the fire. And pulling into the crushed shell parking lot of the Cape June Yacht Club, I could see row after row of glistening sleek yachts and majestic sailboats. But one of the three long piers leading out into the harbor was blocked by fire engines, fire hoses, and yellow police tape. And in the water near the pier where the fire had emanated from, a fireboat was still pouring a stream of cool water onto surrounding boats and the wooden pier itself. The end of the pier was blocked off from the parking lot by yellow police tape, which, as a journalist, I figured I could easily duck under. Whoa, 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 whoa there, Chief. Where do you think you're going? It's okay, I'm a reporter. Look, here's my press. Shoot, you know what? I forgot my wallet in my car, it has my credentials. I assure you though, I'm a reporter. My name is Connor Avery Tuxton with Mid-Atlantic Broadcast. (laughs) I don't care if you're Anderson Cooper. Uh, Look, don't you see the tape? This is an active fire scene. Hey, can you tell me, was this arson? It might be, but the investigation is ongoing. Look at the smoke. How can I get out on the boat so I can examine it? Can you swim? You said it was an active investigation. Is the police chief here? No. I haven't seen the police chief anywhere. But Fire Chief Fontana is down there on the dock. The grizzled firefighter who acted as though he was guarding Fort Knox or something pointed down toward the dock at a tall, burly man in a blue hat that distinguished him from the rest of the firefighters who were in yellow hats. I noticed he was talking to another man and holding him by the arm as if to steady him and hold him upright. The other man was disheveled in a sooty blue shirt and stained white pants. It was Captain Petherbridge. Um, do you know whose boat caught fire? Uh, some English dude. The one talking to the chief. Uh, somebody said he was a big shot in a youth yacht club or something. I don't know. Shame. Beautiful sailboat. Hope he had it covered. At that point, Chief Fontana and Captain Petherbridge started walking toward us. Captain, I, I, I'm so sorry to hear about... I have about... nothing to say to you. Please leave me alone. Chief Fontana? That's affirmative. Yes, hello, my name is Connor... Avery Tuxton? Yeah, I know. I'm very familiar with your journalism. Like the uh, piece you did about the male bus driver in Lima, PA? You know, the one who started producing milk? Oh, yes. Thank you. That was a bizarre piece. Turned out to be his pituitary gland. Hey, listen, Chief, I know that this investigation is relatively new, but... You think? Yeah, I'm going to say the paint hasn't dried yet on this fire. Probably going to take a week or so uh, to file a complete report. 
maybe longer with forensics getting involved. You can confirm that no one died in this fire, right? Yeah, that's affirmative. The woman who was sleeping aboard the vessel managed to jump off of it before it was consumed by flames. Wait, there was a woman aboard Captain Pethybridge's yacht? Do you have any idea who it was? And with that question, Captain Pethybridge re-entered the conversation in a sort of abrupt and nervous manner. No. Now, I don't think that will be necessary. Chief, I think we should protect the identities of the persons involved. She's right over there, being attended to. Thank you, Chief. I will be certain to interview this mystery woman next. Right now, can you rule out arson? Listen, we're not going to rule anything out. So you think it was arson? Mr. Tuxton, I'd love to help you out here, but I'm afraid... I will not comment on an active investigation. You put that on the record. I understand. Thank you, Chief. All I'll tell you is that there was a fireman's axe driven deep into the driver's side console of the boat, but it wasn't one of ours. What kind of axe was it? This was a ceremonial one that we hand out to friends of the Cape June Fire Brigade. Do you have any idea who it belonged to? Negative. The little brass medallion with the engraving was missing. Thank you so much for your time, Chief Fontana. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I fully support you reporters in the uh, First Amendment. This is really odd. Now, before attempting to interview this woman, who's sitting about 25 feet away from me on the curb, um, and who just narrowly escaped from the ship with, with her life intact. Narrowly. I mean, she just made it off from what I've been told. I'd like to try to describe her behavior to you. I've been watching her for the last few minutes, and in this time, she's challenged several of the male firefighters to try to tackle her as she stands there with her knees bent in a, in a, in a crouched position, pointing to her leg muscles. Um, of course, none of them have taken her up on her offer. And now as I'm watching her, she's just pulled a Miller Lite from her windbreaker, cracked it open, and she's shotgunning it as I speak. And now it looks as though she's found a partially smoked cigarette butt from the street and she's lighting it or trying to light it and smoke. she's smoking it. Um, probably middle-aged, short dark hair, lots of makeup. I, I think she put on a fresh face as, since she's jumped from the boat. This should be interesting. Good evening, ma'am. I'm sorry to trouble you. My name is Connor Avery Tuxton, and I'm a reporter with Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting. Ooh, aren't you serious? I understand you were on the boat when it caught fire and nearly lost your life. May I have your name, please? It's Carla, with a K. Thank you, Carla. May I have your last name? No. No, I don't feel too comfortable giving that information out. That's fine. So, I gather you know Captain Pethabridge. Do I know Teddy? Of course I know him. Teddy's my lover. He likes to keep us under wraps, you see. But I'll tell you this, he's a very generous man. And an even more generous lover. Would you like an example? No, I... I no, I, I can use my imagination. Oh, oh, you're a dirty one, aren't you? Yeah, you're a dirty reporter, I can tell. I know one when I see one. Perhaps. I, I don't know. Um, can you please tell me about the fire? Oh, the fire. Yeah, the fire. That was horrible. It was devastating. And, uh, 
Well, it all happened when me and Teddy, we was having a plate of spaghettis and oysters. And I must have had a whole bottle of wine to myself. So, naturally, I fell asleep while listening to my Lionel Richie CD. You know, below deck. Do you, do you like Lionel Richie? I do. Yeah, you like Lionel Richie, yeah. Yes, he's quite talented. Now, please, let's get back to the fire. Well, well, it started getting real warm in the cabin. And I was like, what the hell, you know? I woke from my slumber, and there was fire all around, all types of fire. Just While you were below deck, did you hear any noises? Yeah, some banging. I thought it was the guy on Bravado. Yeah, it's about over there. Anyway... So now you're awake and there's fire all around you. What did you do next? I shot up the steps, ran to the back of the boat, pinched my nose, and uh, I jumped off the friggin' thing. Otherwise, I'd be a goner, you know? I wouldn't be here talking to you no more. So Captain Petherbridge wasn't on the boat at that time? No, no, hon. Teddy was, he was at his sister's place in Dennis Township. Yeah, he goes there once a week. Oh, you know, he brings the groceries from the Acme, and... Have you been there? Oh, that... That place is astounding. And from there, our interview continued to digress until Carla, with a K, was asking me to wrestle her. And at one point, she actually grabbed me and tried to throw me to the ground. Um odd behavior, but, you know, she was just through a very traumatic experience. Who am I to judge? I've, I've seen a lot in Cape June. So I just got a call from my editor. She wants me to stay in Cape June for a few days to follow up on leads, and that's not a problem. I was planning on doing that anyway. However, I told her, there's not a chance in hell I'm going to spend any evening in Cape June until the murderers or murderers who are still at large are brought to justice. I'm just not comfortable being a target. So right now I'm headed to the Cape June clerk's office to pick up that VHS tape. I did bring a VCR so I can watch it. What hasn't been erased of it. Remember this is the meeting where they were thinking of scrapping the Painted Seas Art Festival until the unlikeliest of all heroes, one Jerry Quinn, stood up and saved the event. My name is Jerry Quinn. We all know one another, so I'll make this brief. The Painted Seas Art Festival is headed for extinction. It needs a new infusion of blood. I can bring that new blood to this city and give people a reason to come to the festival again. Why not give me a try? It's not like you can do any worse than you've been doing for the last decade or so. Mr. Quinn, with all due respect, the Painted Seas Art Festival is a big undertaking. I know you're an artist, but what kind of experience do you have coordinating a huge event such as this? None! So I'll lean on the people who know what they're doing as far as marketing and advertising. I'll be responsible for bringing the talents, and I assure you these artists will breathe new life back into a dying festival. I've already created the logo for this year's festival. 
that speech by Jerry Quinn and the following speech that you're about to hear, a very impassioned speech from his daughter, Rusty Mills, are the only two items on this VHS tape. For some reason, everything else was recorded over. Why? In 1872, right here in Cape June, there was a young woman who was basically left at the altar by Oliver Snodgrass, the heir to the Grand Hotel and the Snodgrass fortune. Oliver's father, a railroad tycoon, forbid the marriage, claiming this young woman was below his station. He and his wife, Abigail Snodgrass, went out of their way to humiliate and publicly jeer this young woman. So, the broken-hearted young woman, let's call her Molly, fell into despair and started dabbling in the occult, which was popular at the time. Mediums and seances to conjure the dead. Molly became quite prolific at casting spells and placed a curse on the Grand Hotel. As the story goes, within hours of her curse, a fire broke out in the kitchen of the Grand Hotel. And since the hotel was made almost entirely of wood and horsehair, it went up like a match. Consequently, so did all of the neighboring hotels around it, and today we know it as the Great Fire of 1882. <clears throat> Thank you for the history lesson, Miss Mills. Is this story going anywhere? I would like to be home before midnight. I'm not finished yet. That woman, Molly Horner, went on to become an accomplished opera singer and wound up touring the world. It just so happens that she returned to Cape June for a benefit concert and through her charity raised enough money to rebuild the downtown and even a high school. Today, the park where she performed is named after her. The point is that Molly Horner got a second chance to prove her worth. I think my father, Jerry Quinn, is deserving of a second chance. Look, I know that he is by no means perfect. Believe me, I know. But he's a brilliant artist, and I know he cares deeply about the Painted Seas Art Festival. He may just be the right person to keep it alive. I say give him a second chance. The Cape June City Council did give Jerry Quinn a shot at redemption. And while hosting the Painted Seas Art Festival on its final evening, Quinn was viciously murdered. And several months later, we're still in the dark as to why. What was the motive? Who intended to kill him? Sometimes blockade runners work in tandem, one running cover or decoy for another. If the burning of Captain Pethybridge's yacht is in any way related to my investigation, then maybe just maybe the good captain unwillingly ran cover for me. And maybe, just maybe, I now have an opening to run through. For Mid-Atlantic Broadcasting, I'm Connor Avery Tuxton. And this is Painted Seas, the murder of Jerry Quinn. I don't normally do this, but tonight I've decided to close the podcast with Cape June rapper Altruistric. 
it sounds at first like altruistic, but when you look at the way he spells his name, it's all, and then a dash, and then true, T-R-U, and then another dash, is, and then another dash, trick. All true is trick. Give it a listen. Of art, stab the golden brush like a dagger through the heart. <laughs> 